TNHoller.com at the TNHoller on Twitter and Facebook. We have a very exciting guest today. Roseanne Cash is here with us. Hi, Roseanne. How are you? Hi, Justin. Good to see you. We are a progressive news site here at Tennessee. We survive on your support. Your small dollar monthly donations are really helpful and also amplifying. We are only as good as you help us be. So thank you to everybody who's following along with us and who has helped us shine a light on the injustices and lift up the people who are doing good work here in Tennessee. We have a native Tennessean here with us. Roseanne, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Uh, well, how, where are you? I'm in New York City, but I follow you on Twitter and I always uh, enjoy your tweets and I just it makes me feel good that there's this sensible progressive voice in Tennessee and then you just asked me to be on your show and I didn't even know you had a show so it was an easy answer. Well I appreciate that and you're a voice for us here at Tennessee also I know a lot of people feel very strongly about you and appreciate you very much. Um, by the way, we have a Memphis holler and a Knoxville holler now as of Friday. So I know you were born in Memphis. Can you tell us a little bit about, I know you live in New York. I was born in New York, by the way, um, in Upper East Side. My mom lives Upper West Side. My brother's there. But tell us a little bit about your relationship with Tennessee, if you could. Uh, my relationship with Tennessee is deep. I was born in Memphis. I wasn't raised there. I was raised in Southern California, actually. But um, I lived in Nashville for nine or 10 years. And I moved to New York City in 91. And, um, but all four of my grown daughters live around Nashville. And so I'm down there all the time to see them. I, I, you know, every month I go down. I love Tennessee. I just, I, um, I married a native New Yorker. I feel really at home in New York City. And so that's where I am. But part of my heart's in Tennessee. Well, that's a beautiful thing. I know people follow you on Twitter. This is streaming on Twitter and Facebook. You're at Roseanne Cash. You've been pretty outspoken on there. What, when did you start? Have you always been outspoken? Have you always felt like, you know what? Because in the genre that you're in, well, you're, you've crossed genres, but you know, for a, a musician like yourself to be as outspoken as you are, you know, we've seen that not go so well financially for people in the past, but you've been fearless about it. Was that a decision you made or was it just kind of a no-brainer that you were going to speak your mind? Well, I was raised that way. You speak your mind, uh, you have the courage of your convictions. And I always had a political, social bent and um, was always really interested in what was going on. And I campaigned for George McGovern, which was way before your time. I was too young to vote when I campaigned for him, but I was just interested in the process. In fact, a relative sent me a letter that they found that I wrote when I was nine years old to Lyndon Johnson, saying that I would have voted for him if I could have voted. <laughs> so yeah, I've always been interested I've always been pro progressive. And um, you know, you have a great thing there in Tennessee, the First Amendment Center, which was founded by some gentlemen who were in the civil rights marches. 
Um, so there's a strong history of Southern Democrats progression in Tennessee that I think you struggle with these days. Um, and I, I don't, you know, I get a lot of blowback, like you said, for people, for being outspoken and people think that I have a larger microphone. But my feeling is that, as Tom Morello said, I didn't put down my First Amendment rights when I picked up my guitar. And people like Nina Simone and Mavis Staples have always been really inspiring to me that they believed in justice above everything else. Well, I think that's a beautiful thing. And I know I appreciate it. I know a lot of people do. I see people that are commenting along, some familiar faces that are appreciative that you're doing this. Uh, I'll tell you, you know, I'm not from here originally, but the people who are here that are speaking up and fighting and standing up, some of the most incredible, strong people, you know, it takes a lot to stand up when you're surrounded by people who think differently than you and to speak out. And I see that happening more and more. Do you have people in your life that you disagree with, that you find a way to have common ground with? And, you know, is there a strategy for kind of getting through to those people? Um, yes, I do have people in my life um, in the South who uh, are on the opposite end of the spectrum. People in my extended family, in fact. And I just stay away from it, and so do they. You just find a place where you love each other and you stick with that because there's no convincing, I found. I mean, particularly in today's climate, you can present every fact, you can follow every breadcrumb back of the corruption, and it makes no difference. They've already made up their mind. You know, a lot of times it boils down to two things, gay marriage and abortion, and that's it. They don't care what else goes on and stacking the courts. And it's so frustrating and it's deeply discouraging. But I believe the uh, arc of the moral universe tends toward justice. I'm with you there. And especially yeah. as the voting block gets younger and younger, I mean, yeah. the, young, the young people around here and, you know, in the country, the more power they realize they have, the better off we're all going to be. And I think it is those issues that you brought up. When I was running for Congress in a very conservative district, abortion and gay marriage were the two things that, that came up all the time. And you try to tell people, you know, neither of those issues is putting food on your table. Neither of those issues is going to help you see a doctor when you get sick. You know, at the end of the day, the things that we fight for should be bipartisan issues. And I think especially right now, this virus has really held up a mirror to yeah. show us that those issues really are important. Uh, how has the virus affected your life? I mean, my mother's in New York. She hasn't left the apartment really other than to go get food. She's been very careful. You know, how has this affected your life? And, you know, what are you hoping people take away from this period of time? Well, I've also been quarantined since March 14th and going out every three days for a walk, you know, and my husband doesn't let me go to the grocery store. He goes, um, <laughs> it's very controlling in that way. But honestly, I haven't minded this very much. I almost feel guilty saying that 
because I was traveling so much, the idea of being locked in my house is awesome. I love it. I'm baking a lot. But I know that some people are having a really hard time, and my heart really goes out to them. There is a sense of, I mean, it's sad being here. The sirens never stop. And that hasn't, maybe it slowed down a little bit in the last couple of weeks, but not a lot. And, but there's a sense of solidarity too. We are doing this for each other. We are being responsible for each other. We wear masks, we practice social distancing for each other. And at seven o'clock, we go out on the streets and cheer the healthcare workers. I mean, it brings tears to my eyes every time. So what do I hope we take away that? Like if we ever thought we weren't connected, it took a virus to see that, oh yeah, we're connected in a biological way, not just spiritually. Right. We're connected. We're only as healthy as our sickest. You know, there's really no moral justification to only take care of people that come down with this virus. You right. know, there's only a political one. So, you know, we should be taking care of each other. That's what this is showing us. And I think also, you know, the fundamental argument that we tend to have is what government, what role should government play in our lives? And, you know, conservatives tend to say basically none. And, you know, progressives tend to say, well, this is how we take care of each other. And I, I think more and more we're realizing that what are we turning to right now? We're turning to programs, we're turning to each other. And that government is, a, in a way, how we take care of each other. Everything requires a balance. Nobody is for big government, but we're for it being there in a pinch, it taking care of people. And I think that's really the push and pull that we have with each other. Um, I, I want people to know, I see we see you and Roseanne is going to play a song. So hang in there with us. I know that that's what a lot of people came here for. I saw the guitar before we went live. Uh, but Roseanne, you know, you don't have to answer this, but, you know, I get really upset when I see our president <laughs> these days, always, but because there's such a void of leadership, know. you know, what do you think a leader should be doing right now? What, what should they be telling us? What should they, you know, this is such a tumultuous time. Is it disappointing to you to see how divisive our leadership has been through this? I can't tell you how disappointing it is. I mean, what should a leader be doing right now? Being absolutely scrupulous with the truth. We're already scared, uh, you know, to be confused about it makes us more scared. And also to take responsibility, to take care of us. I mean, what you were talking about before about social program programs, it's right now we see, oh, we can provide free lunch for every school child who needs it because we're doing that. I don't know if you're doing it in Tennessee, but we're doing it in New York. Oh, we can provide health care. <clears throat> we're not going to charge people for a test. Um, they're giving seniors iPads here so they can stay connected with their family. There are so many things that we can do that we don't. And like you said, I'm not for big government either, but I think that healthcare should be a constitutional right for one thing. I don't think any child should go hungry. And you know, you say conservatives say they don't want um, any government 
or very little, that's actually not true. They want their public schools to be good. They want their roads to be fixed. You know, they start screaming about things like this when they fall apart, just like we do. It's so true. Uh, I want to read a couple comments here so people know we can see them. Catherine Vaughn says, glad to hear you're doing well through the lockdown. Roseanne, uh, Laura Ann says, I love what she's saying. I needed this today. The song is a bonus. Kim Spoon says he's never offered one word of condolences to the families who have lost their loved ones. That's, that's one thing that has really stood out. Oh how little no. he has grieved, how we haven't seen him with any of the families, you know. And then this whole thing where they're showing up to mask factories and the Mayo Clinic and not wearing masks as though it's some form of bravery to put people at risk. I mean, these are the little things that we should all be doing. And the message it's sending is really just that this is not that big a deal. And that right there is getting people killed, fundamentally getting people killed. That's so, right. you know, I, I, are you, have you been wearing a mask every time you've gone oh, out? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I, we, we just had uh, 5 million masks bought here in Tennessee. Wear a mask, social distance. These are the little things that we can do. Uh, what, what's your message to people in Tennessee here about the little things and, and making sure that we follow those rules? Um, as I watch uh, Governor Cuomo's press conference every day, and the data is so clear. He said, you know, we can have opinions later, but right now let's just look at the science and the data. We have brought our curve down because we have been really strict about staying home, social distance, if you have to go out and wearing masks. And in fact, it's a rule, you have to. Um, if you wanna see your curve go down, you've gotta do those things. You can't kind of do it halfway, you know, well, it doesn't really matter this time. Every time it matters. And he said something the other day, somebody did about just by staying home, you've saved a life. You know, you think it's nothing, you're actually saving lives by doing this. Yes, and and it and it's true. You know, I mean, we, we it's literally saving lives doing the little things. These are the things that we should expect from one another. And uh, you know. It's just really disheartening to see how many leaders here. I mean, we, we there have not the Knox County mayor. He was an ex wrestler. He just yesterday said that, you know, he's lamenting that we shut down the economy and said it never should have happened. What they are not realizing is that saving the economy and saving lives are not, it's not an either or it's the same thing to shut down, to be serious about this. That's how you bend the curve. And then you get back to work. Right now, we're, we're getting people back to work, and we haven't, you know, we're just ignoring the problem. We're acting like there's a downward trend when there isn't. How, do you pay attention to Tennessee politics at all? What, what are your sure. feelings about Tennessee politics? Do you have any, any superstars that you pay attention to over here? Um, well, I'm not as granular as you are. I do pay attention because I care about it. Four of my daughters are there. Um, I mean... I'm worried about who you have in the Senate. <laughs> we were talking about that earlier. Yes. Troubling. Yes, it is troubling. <laughs> well, well, now, you know, she has a new uh, bill that she's pushing that would let us sue China. So oh, that's we, got, we got that going for us. Uh, <laughs> tell me a little bit about the organization that you put out a song for. How can people help with that? And then I would love to go ahead and do a song and maybe take some questions if anybody has any. Sure. 
Um, I, Music Health Alliance is uh, who I'm really supporting right now. Full disclosure, one of my daughters works for Music Health Alliance. That's okay. It's okay. It's there in Tennessee, in Nashville, in fact. And they provide, they turn over every rock to find healthcare for independent musicians. I mean, we're all freelance. We don't get healthcare from our employers. So a musician gets sick or they're elderly, they can't perform, they have no income, they can't pay their rent. Music Health Alliance gives small grants out and they also cobble together insurance plans for them. They just look everything together. Yeah. I mean, I've heard them getting brain surgeries paid for from that to providing money so somebody can buy groceries. They're really doing God's work, as we say. So that's the Music Health Alliance. I mean, it's one of those things where, especially right now, you see all these self-employed people, especially musicians struggling to make ends meet, to get benefits and to make sure that they have health care. And that's just something that most countries do not struggle with, know. you know, and people don't understand in other countries when we talk to them about co-pays and deductibles. And, you know, we, there was a really sad story in New York that a nurse posted about a guy who he was about to get put on a ventilator and his last words were, who's going to pay for it. Oh. And that is something that never happens in any other country except here. Roseanne, will you do us the honor of yeah. playing us a song right now? I um, have a special dedication for this song. My friends, uh, Kenneth and Damien here in New York City had to cancel their wedding um, because of the virus and they couldn't get together with their friends. And um, their favorite song I've ever done, which was never on an album, a real album, um, is... Uh, this interpretation of wouldn't it be lovely from the king and i beautiful this is for kenneth and damien haven't performed in a long time so forgive me if it's a train wreck Tender as he can be. 
Such a treat, such a treat. Thank you so much for doing that. That That's is our- Kenneth and Damien. <laughs> that is our first live performance here on The Holler. I'm and honored. <laughs> I think we need to do more of that because that was really, really an awesome thing. Uh, what, have you been, have you done any more of that performing live, live streaming? What is, what's happening in a musician's life when everything goes digital like this? Well, um, a lot of music, Venues have gone digital, have gone online, and they're desperate for content. And um, I've done a lot. I did Josh Ritter's show. There's something called the Whiskey Hour Happy Hour that's coming up. I did a Mother's Day show that'll be live streamed on um, Mother's Day from City Winery. Not live. Actually, we recorded them, and it's going to be... Wait, is that live stream? I guess it is even though they're pre-recorded. Right. But a lot of, lot of sites do want content and it's been fun. You don't get that connection with the audience or the feedback, you know, that's so beautiful, that give and take chemistry. At the same time, I've heard that a lot of people are so appreciative. A lot of people who don't have discretionary income to go to concerts and get all of this free live music are really happy with it. And also people who live in rural areas and are not near where a touring musician might come through. So that has been satisfying. What do you think the prospects are of live shows anytime soon? Are we looking at a long time until we have people going to concerts? I think so. I, I Well, definitely nothing before 2021. That I just don't think the, the idea of cramming people together in a small space is going to work. Right. Until there's a vaccine or until we've completely flattened the curve. Well, I really appreciate you coming on here and doing that. Um, next, next time we open up the world and you're back in the Nashville area, either for a show or anything, I'd love to say hello. And I know people, I see people are really appreciative of it in the comments. So, you know, I hope we can go back and look and see how the outpouring of love that's there for you. Thank Please you. stay healthy and stay safe and stay in touch with us. And, uh, and, you know, we can always use your voice here as we do our best to make this a more tolerant, open, embracing state uh, in line with the progressive values that you fight for. Well, Justin, I can't tell you how I appreciate you. And I know so many Tennesseans do. So thank you so much. Follow the holler. Tennessee. Tennis.